How's it going? It's the Green Machine live. Uh, David here with uh, Martin and our GM bot computer slash thingy, uh, Nick. Say hello, Nick. Hello. <laughs> go, actually, I uh, am the thing from Uranus. <laughs> and uh, on that bombshell, um, yeah, so um, obviously a bit more of a delayed show than we'd like to have a uh, post uh, match reaction show. Uh, I'm a bit punchy, a uh, bit of a long L travel uh, for us foreigners that have to go over and uh, even see home game as an away game. But uh, the same rules apply. Uh, we want to hear your comments, your feedback in the game last night. Were you at the game? Um, if not, why weren't you? Um, you know, let's what did you make of it? Um, some really positive um, feedback in the uh, the start today. Um, reading Emma Dunphy, who said it was one of Ireland's greatest nights. <laughs> there's uh, there's positivity, and then there's Dunphy vision, I suppose. Yeah, Amos uh, back in the bag, I think. Uh, no comment. Um, but um, Alisa's article is a lot more coherent than the stand. Um, but anyway, we want to hear your comments. We'll go through them at the end, so get them in there. And tell us what you thought of the game last night. Are we going to win the uh, European Championships in 2024? Um, you know, or is this just ask Atara? We should be beating them anyway. So let's hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want, and also the the, the Stephen Kenny naysayers. We definitely want to hear from you um, if you're gonna crawl out of that rock that you're on there. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just joking. We love everybody here, but let's hear from you. Um, let's. I was at the game. Um, you were at the game, Martin. I, yeah. And Nick, you weren't because you don't love Irish football like we do. No. Um, it was a bit of a carnival atmosphere last night, wasn't it? it was a, obviously, it was, a, it was a lovely performance, some lovely goals. Uh, although the first one was a deflection. The, the third one was, a, I think I had 38 passes or something like that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed, though, uh, from my vantage point, it was, it was I had a crack of view actually. It was all the players seemed to be playing with a smile on their face, and really, really, you know, it. Let's just say it now, isn't it what McAteer said and and some of the journalists out there, the Mick McCarthy fans and the Mick McCarthy mates? Nothing against Mick McCarthy because we all love Mick, absolute gentleman. Um, but the fact that they said that these players aren't going to want to play for Stephen Kenny and because he's league bar manager, I think that's just been found to be total bollocks, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it was it was a brilliant night. Like you know, we have been starved of really good, you know, not been able to go to games for so long as well. And it was the real one that I think twenty five thousand, well, just over that, got into the Aviva, made a good atmosphere, saw the team do what we kind of were promised. You know, they've they've they, they play some brilliant football, not the ball around. Okay, we know the opposition. Yeah, we know that. The quality of them wasn't great. I think even Stevie Kenny said afterwards he was expecting them to be a lot better. Um, but, you know, absolutely brilliant. It was a brilliant night. I was absolutely buzzing. The crowd, it, it was a party atmosphere in there. It was, it was fantastic to see so many kids in there. I think to give the FAI credit, uh, they did do a good job on the prices of tickets to kind of and encourage kids to go. Um, I thought, it, yeah, just an absolutely brilliant atmosphere. Fair play against the singing section. I know I always talk about them, but um, a lot of the hardcore that we know who travel away are in there um, singing their songs and stuff, and, and it gets everything going. Um, and, yeah, I think everyone engaged with it. I mean, even at the 92nd minute, I think it was, they were trying to get a Mexican wave. Not a, I'm not a massive fan of that. Normally it's an in, 
indicative that um, <laughs> it's very, very it's a boring game. Yeah, no, it's normally a bit of a boring game, but it was just celebratory, I think, is the thing. And it, it, I think it was just kind of, I think there was just people who had faith in Kenny, the ideal that we're trying to get across. I think kind of we had a bit of redemption last night that, yeah, we can see Ireland play. And I think for even Stephen Kenny, what they actually produced on the football pitch is proof that he these players are capable of playing. We've seen the renaissance of Jeff Hendrick last night. Absolutely brilliant. Let's be honest, he was absolutely brilliant. I know it's a competition, you know, who we're playing against, but Duffy as well, you know, how he has rejuvenated these players. The point you made, David, of how happy they are playing. I mean, I know Stephen Kenny used the word during the week as well, infectious, but it is when you look at, um, I know he used it in the wrong context of Callum Robinson, but, you know, Obene is just such a happy player you know robinson as well there's such a bond with this team and as you know if you've got a bond between the team um they did have a bit of a siege mentality with the the stuff that was negative around the squad this week but i was just so happy to see them and you just see them all they're not all even the goalkeeper situation brilliant you know they're all are supportive of each other fantastic to see yeah no absolutely um nick our lovely friendly uh gm bot um did you were you at home watching the game like a armchair fan that you are? <laughs> yeah, sadly, uh, late on, I I couldn't get to the game. So um, yeah, very sad to miss it now. I mean, it's it's always nice to see a few goals, but more importantly, the atmosphere. And um, the Martin has mentioned there, and and of, uh, of course, a few people I know have gone to the game. And and one of the biggest things I missed from last night was the match day program because I heard there was a lovely little feature in it. Well, um, yeah, not 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 your not your one, David. Uh, um, just a uh, here it is, lovely, uh, good man. I've actually I've got a few of them in. My oh, yours is in the in the frame, is it? <laughs> it's in the framers. Um, <laughs> oh, look, it's just magically. Sh- uh, let oh, me get hang that, on a second. Let me get that banner shit out of the way. Looking at set, taking oh. it outside. Hold on, hold on. Um, oh. Have you got it? Go on, Martin. Oh, yeah, there it is. There you are. See, he signed it for you. No, he didn't actually. I will, though. Oh, you can wrap that off. He probably charge it. Probably charge it for the signature. Yeah. No, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. No, I was. Yeah. I, well I, yeah. I was, I, I was disappointed to, to to miss it, lads. Um, as as I said, it was very late. Just just a per- personal thing that, um, I have to look after this week. Uh, no, nothing, nothing bad. Just something I have to I have to take care of this week. So, um, no, I couldn't get to the game. I couldn't get to the game, sadly. But uh, you know, even even watching it on the telly. Excellent game, very crisp. Uh, Qatar were poor, but it's not that long ago we were losing to poor teams. So this is a platform we had to, we had to, we had to get a platform from somewhere. We had to get that turning point, and I don't care whether that was against Portugal or against Qatar, but this was the perfect platform. We haven't conceded in two games, and we've we've absolutely thumped two teams who, well, one are the the Asian champions. And the other don't really concede many goals. So uh, I know that there's a lot of people saying that we shouldn't be getting carried away. There's a lot of people saying you have to look at the opposition that we've after beating. But in the grand context of things, given the morale, well, the, not the evidential morale, but, but the morale with fans, maybe maybe morale on the pitch, not necessarily off there, not necessarily in the training ground. These are two very good results, and, and as I said, if if this is the platform that we're going to start off from, it's not a bad one. And and to top it off, we have a bit of a a goal score on a run now, and we haven't had that in a long time. Yeah, I, I you know, I've been saying it for a while. You know, I think we're we've all been saying it that 
we were just waiting for it to click. You now it looks like it's starting to click a little bit. You know, the turning yeah. point. Football's a strange game. You know, it can be it can be a defeat. You know, but it can be a glorious defeat. Um, we've had a few of them. You know, the glorious failure. But you know, something you take heart from. And the Irish team were just looking for something to take that little bit of heart from. And it seemed to be the Serbia game. We were poor against Serbia for large spells of that. We should have been two or three down and wasn't for Bazoon making some outstanding saves. But it was the whole got the goal the last second. And then the fans singing Stephen Kenny's name, the fans getting behind them. You know, it wasn't a great performance, but it was a great result. And that has just seemed to galvanise this team together. And it's got the fans behind them. And it's just kind of given them that boost. And, and you know, and it was lovely to see that, where a lot of fans are saying, look, we know results haven't been great. And, you know, there's a few things happening, but we're with you. We see what you're trying to do. And, you know, it's it's not just us going on. We've been banging on about it, but it's not just us. A lot of people you speak to, a lot of comments you get. You know, they get it. They're they're tired of the, the whole sellotape football. They're tired of getting a manager coming in and just papering over the cracks. And then, you know, maybe Nick like maybe qualifying through results going elsewhere and then, you know, get they want something a bit more substantial and, and you know, we, we talk about these nations. Um just seeing here, uh, Darren Sweeney. Um these were not games to judge two shocking teams, not worth talking about unless you put Ireland at the level. Um, at their level, then question. Yeah, but Darren, it's not long ago that we were scraping by Gibraltar. It's not long ago that we were losing to Luxembourg. So you have to put it into context. Yeah, no, uh, and, and yeah, and I think Lisa Fallon put it very well on on RTE last night. She said we made a bad team look even worse because that Qatar team, they can play a bit of ball. They're very very tight knit. I think they all play for the same club. And you play, so nine. you know, they play friendlies as well behind closed doors. Don't they, they play a lot of friendlies. They they kind of yeah. follow the same the same tactic that Gus Hiddink did with South Korea. So so Gus Hiddink took South Korea to Europe the, the year before the 2002 World Cup to, to toughen them up and yeah. to, to get them a lot of big game experience because Asia, let's call a spade a spade, it's a very poor standard. And even with, with Australia supplementing that bit of quality, they're still very poor. And as I said, we drew. it's not that long ago we drew one all with them. I think they beat Luxembourg in, um, in Hungary when they played them. So they're not, you know, they're, they're not the same ilk as the top European side. But not that long ago, we were losing to Luxembourg. We were drawn with Qatar. We were drawn with a very poor Bulgaria side that that lost, um, you know, that, sorry, that beat Northern Ireland last night, but, but but a team that's, I think, ranked outside the top hundreds. So we have to put this into context and we have to celebrate this victory because Qatar would have been up for it. Like Qatar, Qatar have, have a, big, um, a big eye on them at the moment because... International football and world football is going to say, well, this team is hosting the World Cup. Are they up to it? And they would have been watching us last night and thinking, Jesus, the, these these are either going to be whipping boys or else they're going to actually put it to teams. And so far, they have put it to teams. Well, it, so, it's so, so it has to be put into context. It, 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 they are two good wins. And that Azerbaijan team, um, yes, they're on a poor run, but they don't concede. They do not concede. And we could have had about eight against them. But they don't well, open up. And we open them up. Not many teams can do that. Yeah, and okay, we, we're not hammering like the top tier teams or whatever, but you know, it's so you cannot underestimate the importance of that. Like, we're not we're not getting carried away here. I mean, there's still work to be done. It's it's far from perfect, but we're going in, on the right track. Pat Roach, <laughs> do I think we beat Georgia now? Yeah, I think we would. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think we would as well. Yeah, I think I think, and it, it, I know we're probably we're quite kind of effusive in our in our praise at the moment, but that's because. We're coming off the back of two wins. We haven't had that for ages. And, okay, I think we should be forgiven for getting a little bit carried away because 
we've seen something from his team that's a bit different. I have certainly, Goals. and I, yeah, and, and I think you've just seen what confidence brings to a team. And and it was interesting in the press conference last night. Kenny was asked, you know, with Callum Robinson, you know, playing very very well now. Um, you know, the, the situation with that is. You know, was there a sense of regret with the situation with Callum Robertson not being available for the previous games and really getting a run in the team and things like that? I know we've had the COVID situation with him. And Kenny kind of was quite clever in his answer, because he, he didn't really answer it, but he just kind of knew the point we were, they were trying to make because, you know, I think, it, I know it's not even really worth talking about, to be honest, but like, if you go back to that Slovakia game, we've gone through such a, that playoff and stuff. I think we would give them a, we played very, very well that night. And it, but it came very, very early in the tenure of Kenny. And then he's gone through a very tough time. Everyone was saying how well we played that night. Okay, we lost some penalties. But then you go back now to where we are now. And we've gone through a really, really hard time. I think that's going to really stand this team in good stead that we've had such a crap start and so much pressure on them. And they have actually delivered for their manager. Um, yeah. I, th- I think... There are things, not everything's perfect. You know, we're not going to be that, able to be that open against Portugal next month. You know, they, you've got the quality players. We're, we're not going to have that. But I think it is brilliant seeing some of the performances and how even some of the players who probably have been written off, I probably have written off Jeff Hendrick. Um, but I can see actually when he's encouraged to play football in this team, he's actually done really, really well. I thought Horaham was really, really good last night. And the foundation of that team is actually on the back of our goalkeeper, who, yeah, he got lucky in a little bit discovering them, to be fair, giving them their chance, because I think probably, sadly, it's kind of end of Randolph, I think. Although, you know, just because of his club situation, to be honest, if he's not playing, can't see how he gets in, the, in near the other three. Um, but the foundation of a good, successful team is um, is the defence. Two clean sheets is a massive thing. Massive, massive thing. And you look at how strong we are in defence. I think it's, it's we're really lucky with that. I think it's worth saying as well, lads. I mean... It, the the Nations League, the, the the first couple of games that Kenny had and, and of course like maybe discounting that Slovakia game, we were absolutely riddled with COVID, weren't we? I mean, Matt already played centre half against Wales. So this is kind of I believe anyway, since the September fix, fixtures, this is the first kind of decent run we've had where Stephen Kenny has had Have we lost a robot? Yeah, I think we have, yeah. We've lost, we've lost our robot. Uh, sorry, we're just waiting for Nick to come online again. Am I still gone? Oh, is it? Oh, no, I know. You're back. Yeah, I'm it's back now. There. So, no, it's 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 the first kind of run. It's 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 the first run in the first kind of set of fixtures Stephen Kenny's had, where where he has been able to to pick as close um as strongest eleven as he can. And I know, like in an ideal world, James McCarthy would be fit. Robbie Brady would have a club. But he's he's starting to settle on his eleven, isn't he? And now that the, that eleven is settling. And they are starting to find their groove and they are starting to show a bit of structure where the first whatever, I would say the first six or seven games, as I said, he was enforced into changes, wasn't he? Like as I said, Matt Doherty was playing centre half. He he was playing a lot of lads who I I, I don't think and James McLean's done really well in this this campaign. But I I don't think he would have he would have wanted the likes of James McLean in the squad if he had his way early on. But he's come in and done really well. So. He's finding his groove finally because the although there have been withdrawals, I think we're as a national team we're so cursed with withdrawals under every manager. There always seems to be at least three to four withdrawals or three to four absences. But you can see when he has the the bulk of his team, maybe with the exception of Seamus Coleman, that that they are able to implement what he's trying to get across and play the kind of game that he's trying to that he's trying to play. So it's 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 very positive. But we also have to 
pay due attention to what a shit show the first few games were in terms of COVID and different withdrawals. And that's the thing that uh, annoys me. You know, obviously when Stephen Kenny came in, there was people that wanted him out before Bob was kicked. Like literally, when he was announced, like, oh, I don't know about him. He's League of Ireland manager. What would he know? You know, and anything that like the whole, you know, you know how it is. If it's someone you don't like, you know, stuff like COVID, oh, that's just an excuse. You know, I no, no, you know, it doesn't matter if he had five or six players missing or this happened. That's just an excuse now. We're making excuses for him, but of course, it's, it was not, like, it's not an excuse. It's a factor. <laughs> it's, 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 happens, a fa- you know? it's a factor. Yeah. yeah, and he has had all this. We're not making excuses for him. He has made some poor decisions. Obviously, I don't. I still don't know why he brings up why he brings Harry Archer into the squad, who ironically got a few minutes last night. Um, you know, stuff like that. Obviously, we've criticised Mover, but the man has had rotten luck. And you know, I've heard a few people saying that he's get he's getting this unbelievable sort of you know um, this grace from for for such failure you know from from the Irish public. But as I said earlier on, I just think people know what he's trying to do. A lot of people there know what's happened here, what what's gone on, and he's also had players like Hendrick who, you know, I I've I mean Hendrick's biggest fan, should we say? Um, but. You know, he's had players like him. People go, oh, yeah, he's got these Premier League players. Yeah, they play for Premier League clubs, but they don't play. Mm-hmm. You know, Herrahan has had to go out on loan again. Sure, he's barely playing at the moment for Sheffield United. So he has these players that are not getting games. And he's had a whole, he's had a multitude of things to get to get through. And as I said, now I think it looks like they've turned the corner. So obviously, if we get four points, I think, from our next two games, I think that um, will have meant that we finished just the squad strongly martin really you know four yeah. points i think we're there we're at it and surely then they must have to give him a new contract well the contract goes till july anyway so we have got games in march um as well so i think that that's a key factor as well people are all kind of speculating that the fai will make a decision in november um because i think they're thinking well that's when you got to cut your losses basically after these qualifiers yeah. um end but actually, it's July next year. Um, the other thing, though, I think he's been really unfortunate to have to deal with, which is kind of unprecedented. Oh, there he is. We can see him there as well. Is. Yeah, I had, um, to, I had to reset everything, yeah. My apologies. Finally, finally got dressed, thank God. Um, <laughs> um, but the, one of the things he's dealt with, uh, and no other Irish manager has had to deal with this, and it, it is this free game camp. And that is very taxing on our players because fitness-wise – and sharpness-wise, they don't play enough for their clubs. So they came into it and, you know, they can't cope with the load of playing three games in, in that period of time. The difference in with the last two games is he, I mean, it was brilliant to hear this. This will show you why the, the squad believe in Stephen Kenny and all backing him. The fact is they had a game on Saturday and they joined up the, Saturday before, the Sunday before, which was three days earlier than they had to, like, but in theory. So because they knew how important it was for them to get out on the training pitch and work on things. And that's what they did. Horahan said this last night. And I think that was, you can see that in the games that we've played recently, the things they've been working on. And what's really interesting, when we have set piece or even throw-ons and stuff, Anthony Barry, the influencer he has on this squad is amazing because he's up there, he's cajoling them and he's telling them like little set plays that they're doing. I mean, I was, my seat last night was front row on the West End. And um, they were, it, it was absolutely brilliant because you could see 
Stephen Kenny's reaction with the crowd, his interaction with them as well. You can see Anthony Barry going up to the front as well um, when they were doing set plays, calling the players over. They spoke to the team a lot during the game, pulling them over, having a little word here and there. All the instructions going out to the the subs, even you know, to go through the little folder. Now, I thought it was really interesting to see as a coach um, seeing all that happen. But it was so rewarding as well seeing the reaction. Duffy's goal, you know, all the all the management coaching are all embracing uh, Anthony Barry. Absolutely brilliant. Like. I was just delighted last night for them. You could see that bond between the players and stuff. And even at the end, I know it's 3-4-0 and you're going around, um, you know, Callum Robertson celebrating and stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Though. But that's what it's about, isn't it? We're going to football to see your team win. And we, we don't score four goals often. And I, I kind of feel a bit pissed off with the kind of begrudges going, oh, yeah, it was only them, though. Well, that's fine. Like, what do you want to do? Go in there and watch them lose 2-0 and, and just say so you can bitch and moan about it. That's not supporting the team, is it? Um, so, but my original point on the load bearing thing, I think, is a, is a key one because sadly now, this is my only negative taken away from the last two games. Is I hope the players are going to kick on now, stay fit. It's not long; they're only meet, they're meeting up again in three weeks, basically, because it's four weeks through the game. So they'll meet up a few days before, obviously. And um, I just hope they stay fit. I hope few of them get a run of of uh, games as well with their clubs because it's going to be a massive thing. And I hope that it demonstrates this thing I've spoken about before with Keith Andrews. I know I keep referencing him, but he said about, you know, we need to show what our players can do. Um, you know, it's very, very important for our players to be playing. These two games coming up are also important for our players to show what they can do for Ireland, because some of them will have to be in the shop window to move in January. We need them playing. They've got to look at moves if they're not playing, you know, yeah. and that's why it's a key thing for them. Absolutely. Just got a question coming in here from John Feely. Why do you think some of the old guard were against uh, Kenny X players? Quite frankly, uh, happily answer this one. Um, basically, uh, friends of Mick McCarthy, I, I think a lot feel, and this is just opinion. Uh, I don't know what you lads think about it, but I just think a lot of them think that maybe Mick was handled. Maybe it was a bit, oh, who does Stephen Kenny think he is coming in, taking over, you know, he was probably a little bit naughty. Some people feel he was a bit brash coming in, you know, saying that, like, talking about philosophy. That, I think, went up a lot of people's arses sideways. Uh, you know, who's Stephen Kenny think he's going to come in to talk about philosophy, that sort of thing, about wanting to play the right way. Maybe felt he was being a bit, bit disrespectful towards someone like Mick McCarthy in the way, you know, an Ireland legend and all that kind of stuff. And I think just a lot of the, the ex-players and friends that he has in, in uh, the, amongst the Irish journalists clearly just didn't like it and it's come out when you look at it though like some of the journalists they've done what they've worked with um uh, mick mccarthy in the past with columns and books and that sort of stuff um you've also got like james um sorry jason mcateer um even kevin kilban was having a dig wasn't he and yeah. um you know it does we don't excite chemical ban no, no offense no disrespect to chemical ban he always represented his country with distinction but he was never known for his uh uh technical um uh uh technical ability should we say you know it's just you, you can see it you can see it in the media like it's just it's very very out there um and so it's quite blatant actually i think it's actually quite disgraceful some of it but yeah, I, I think it's just a case of who does this little league league of Ireland manager think he is? I think Robbie Keane is is perhaps another and Robbie Keane an, an, another one that they're feeling a little bit sorry for because you know a lot of them he was their captain. Mm. I'm sure a lot of them are very good friends with him and and they might feel Richard Dunn that, that he's been really hard done by. Yeah, yeah, and, and 
sorry, Martin, go ahead. No, I think well, a lot of these players, the play, footballers are selfish, a lot of them, right? You have to be to kind of get to the very top as well. Yeah. I think a lot of these kind of legends are wanting to protect their legacy as well. Sometimes I think they begrudge any success in a way to the team where a new generation of heroes is made. Um, I, I do think that is a factor because, you know, I, I just think... I think Frank Stapleton, um, when the camera goes on to him and Niall Quinn beats his record against Cyprus... Yeah, <laughs> the fucking face unstable, and he's like, yeah. oh, Sorry, that's why I was smiling. Okay, okay, yeah, I mean, a case in point, like, I'm a, like one of the best football um, autobiographies you, you read full time, Tony Cascarino, when yeah. you know it's at the end of his kind of career, and he's saying at the World Cup, and he's saying about like all the lads, all the girls now want you know Gary Kelly and McAteer, they don't want you know, they don't want me anymore, they're not hanging on, on off, off, off us anymore, and that, that's a factor with them, you know, people. It, when it comes to the end of their career, there's a little bit of you know resentment, and I think you know we've also got I think Brian Kerr's a factor as well with it. Um, he doesn't, he's not massively supportive of it. I think the thing with him is that he's probably thinking I had that opportunity and I was stitched up by the FAI. I didn't get, I didn't get the opportunity that Stephen Kenny has basically, which is kind of a revolution of it to be involved in all the levels of Irish football because that's the job Kenny has been given. And the thing as well, also Brian Kerr, is that Brian Kerr had a very strong Ireland team and he did nothing with it. And I'm not I'm probably going to get a bit of heat on this, but I, I would challenge anybody watching this has an issue with me saying that. Go back, look over the matches and you tell me what style of football we were playing under Brian Kerr because I couldn't work it out. It was just, it was horrible to watch. Um, Colin, Peter. <laughs> we called him Peter last time. <laughs> James, um, I think we called him, wasn't it? James, sorry. Uh, so Calm has uh, comment saying that Mick should never have been brought back for second spell. He didn't about the team on it one iota. I agree with that. I it's a two part answer for me is that I I understand why Mick was brought back. It in a weird way it made sense, um, and it didn't make sense at the same time. For me, lads, Stephen Kenny uh, should have been brought in in two thousand eighteen when we got thumped by Denmark. It was done. We talk about that in the archives, by the way, in the Martin O'Neill episode. Um, we well, we will be talking about that actually, but we talk about the, the 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 World Cup playoff. But we will be talking about the final year very soon, and he should have been brought in then because he would have developed Irish football a lot sooner, and we would have been two years, you know, further ahead, whatever. Um, but I think with Mick, obviously, he was brought in, wasn't he, to just qualify us, get us there, get us to the Euros in Dublin by any means necessary. So Mick didn't have really an opportunity. He had one year to do it. So to be fair to Mick, you know, Mick did develop the Ireland team um, when he, in, during his first spell and he brought the team on and he, he had him playing a, a totally different style of football to Jack. So he didn't really have a chance to, to bring the team on. Um, and just looking here with Brian Ford, Stephen Kenny is 20 times more technical genius than all those ex-players combined. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that. I certainly go with that. And I mean, do we really want? I mean, we, we love Robbie Keane, you know, as, as a you know, he's a legend. But would you really want him in the management uh, team, or would you really want him as like assistant manager or a, or a full time manager? Not, not, not yet. But I think because yeah, I think he's got to go and earn his, his stripes. Basically, he's got to prove that he's not just an ex player and and a name for Irish football. He's got he, to do... he did did the business at Middlesbrough, didn't he? Yeah, but like again, I think he's got to kind of show what he has to offer because the last time I really think of him in a in a kind of capacity of working closely with a manager was with Steve Staunton where he was acting the bollocks in press conferences clicking and messing around so I, I just don't think that that was when I think he was very very immature he learned from that I think but um yeah I, I can't 
I, I just I couldn't have him at, involved at the moment. But I think there's definitely an agenda there. Like, let's just remember how quick fo- and fast movement football changes. All right, we're on the back of two really good results here, but less than two weeks before the Azerbaijan match, the, all the pre-match stuff was: if we don't get a result here, who's oh. going to be replacing him? So we're now thinking there's no way they're going to get rid of him. And I think I, I think the narrative certainly changed um, over the past week or so, which is which is right. And I think the, the narrative changed a little bit from some of these pundits as well. Like you know, I've heard a few of them saying, "Oh, you know, like it's bland now. They're criticising the football rather than um, other things." But it because I, but they're being they're kind of bringing it back a little level because they they're kind of they're getting the. Bed. They hedge their bets because they're getting the sense that actually the fans have brought into this. That's that's the thing. The fans mm. have brought into what they're waiting and being patient for. I think it just shows, uh, you know, for years we've been starved of a, a football team actually being allowed to play football. You can go back to 88 if you want for that. You know, very, very few times were we encouraged to play football, even with the calibre of players we had then. This is the first time we're trying to do it. I honestly believe that. Like We have played football in games and played very well. But this is the first time they've all been told. I know he's he's not reinventing the wheel. He's just said, I believe that we can. And you're seeing it underage as well. We are now, football has changed and it's evolved. And even us, you know, look at the difference in Shane Duffy with his passing. That has come from him, from being coached and encouraged to do something. Look at his turn of form. That's, there's no coincidence, there's a coincidence with that, with with um, him being brilliant for Ireland and being encouraged to come and play. I, I didn't think he was capable of that. I Honestly, first few games under Stephen Kenny, I thought he's, he's, he's not quick enough for, and he's not good enough on the ball to bring it out. And that's why he kept name reference, name dropping John Egan as that player to do it. Um, but look, look at improvement last night. And look, the other one is for the for the third goal, the, the one with all the passing moves. Um, he's actually the furthest player in the box. I know we're doing it against Qatar. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't expect, I don't want to see him up there against Portugal, but that is just a, a, the involvement of this footballing team. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Calm has come out with, did anyone notice that the Blue Limited Edition short run last night sold out overnight on the FAA shop for some two minds by getting it? I was going to say, have you got two of them? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one for Kian. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a fan of it. I'm sorry. Did, did your pal, um, did your pal, uh, John get you that? Uh... It was a wonderful um, design, and I was, I was pleased to see it. I think it looked nice. Um, it does look quite nice in the in the flesh, to be honest. Um, I don't know. People are going to always have opinions on it. I, I you know, the commemorative thing of it. Okay, it's a nice little green box. You get the. I, I, I'm not sure about this, to be honest. This is. You know, a picture postcard, and then on the back it shows the eight or ten venues Ireland have played matches in. Um, that's what that's some supposedly something special to do with it. Um, it is nice. Um, why don't you go to why don't you piss off to then? Your your new best mates couldn't get um couldn't get a deal with Umbro and and Jacko Sport to do our supporters club stuff from West oh, London. So yeah. I um I would point out. I, I think it's. I, I thought it was very clever marketing last night to advertise. You know, I've I've been critical of this um, with the the the, the uh, merchandising and things like that. You know, they don't think about things. I, I uh, about you know like doing offers during the games and stuff. They did put everything on. Well, they advertise sixty percent off on the club on uh, FAI club shop uh, around the ground last night, but it was only on the white shirt. 
let's be honest i'd like to state that very very clearly it was only on the white shirt which was i think on 40 percent. so they added 20 percent on it some stuff's 23 percent off and all the new range is full price they did sell out the shirt though i didn't notice that last night yeah well i mean i can we buy that now i think it's available over in england um so we're allowed to yeah you can get stuff now you can get stuff in uh to england now because uh the problem with the pandemic has kind of gone away on that yeah that was uh well, it was a magic, it was the magically pandemic. overnight. Yeah. Hmm. Do you know what? I, I've, I've, in, in a match, I've never seen. Um, you could have a charity match, and you wouldn't hear the beneficiary of the charity going on as much about the charity as Jonathan Courtney did about his jersey last night. Yeah. Um. He he was he was um, he was firing away on. Very proud of it. To be fair, I mean, it, it's not going to be everyone's after. It was nice seeing the blue. A lot, a lot of people call it as an away game. He is, and fair play to him, but you know, he yeah. can he can be but, a bit you know, more mature about it. It's about being modest, lads. <laughs> you know, and this is what we have to remember. Modesty is the key, Jonathan Courtney, if you are watching. I think I'm just going to leave that picture up there, actually. It's a lovely <laughs> photograph. Um, all right, we'll get back to a little bit more of the football, lads. Sorry if the energy is a little bit low. Uh, playing those listeners. We're just banjacks. When I got back, this, I'll tell you about me, me this morning. When we got back... I ended up having a row with mate on the couch um, about stuff. What wasn't it? It was like a philosophical debate, and then it's like you know, and I love a good argument, as you know. But then it's like shit. It's two in the morning, and I'm up like in four hours. Uh, and then I sort of woke up, and then uh, the bus is twenty minutes late because I decided to get the later bus. And then I was panicking because I thought the whole COVID thing, which actually turned out to be old bollocks anyway. And then. Um, when I got through my, my, I had to put my stuff in two trays, just had the carry on bag, and your man had to decide to swab them. I was like, all right, no, no problem, you know, doing his job. Then some old American couple were next to me, and they were like, oh, no, no, there are trays. And your man's like, what? I was like, there are, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, why are you telling me they're your trays? Because they are my trays. And I was like, fuck off, you know, Lee, get, you know, sh- stop talking. And then, uh, yeah, and then I got the wrong train home. Uh, I got the I got the slow train, so I end up taking ages getting home. So I'm a bit I'm, I'm a bit tired, I'm a bit grumpy. Um, so we'll get back to the old uh, we'll get back to the old uh, comments here. Um, the Mick Brigade saying from Stephen Ring, the Mick Brigade saying that we only beat Azerbaijan and a guitar. Forget that Mick's team only managed three against Gibraltar in two games. And to be honest, what people have to remember the first game in Gibraltar. Um, if it wasn't for Dan Randolph's save, it would have been a draw or possibly a loss. And um, another thing as well, David, like we scored more goals in this campaign than than the last. And look, I mean, look, we we played Denmark and Switzerland, and I don't think Denmark have conceded in in their World Cup group. I think they've won every game, so it just shows how solid those two teams were. But uh, you know, the the fact that we're we're creating more chances is one thing, isn't it? Because weren't we averaging like a shot a game? under McCarthy so that that's progress in its own right regardless of the opposition big time um who's John Power apparently uh, Calm says I'm a ringer for him for X2F um sessions DJ John Power gorgeous fella he must be I oh, has to be <laughs> has to be um Pat Roach uh looks lively very quick and obviously loves playing for his country yeah I like him um I, I think being perfectly honest about Obajeni, I think he's going to be over time. He will be in the Stephen Hunt role. I think he'd be more of an impact sub player. But I do like him. He's always busy, isn't he? He's always doing something, and he's one of those that you bring on. Like I reckon, with twenty thirty minutes to go, if you need something, he'll yeah, make he's, something. He's happen. got he's got the legs, isn't he? I think end products yeah. is, it will hopefully develop. I mean, what is he now? Twenty four. 
So he's um, like he's playing, he's, he's he's playing right back, isn't he? Like he's playing right wing back for Rotherham. So if, yeah. if the end product is good, I think I think he'll come a long way. But I mean, yeah, as you said, he's gonna play that kind of Stephen Hunt, you know, James McLean role back in the day, really off the bench. Still, still a very very powerful uh, position. Yeah. Uh, Pat yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Pat Roach, I'd say Mick couldn't believe his luck when he got the job for the second time. How's that setup ever going to be? Well, uh, what if Mick had got us through and then Kenny was in? Everyone would have wanted Mick to stay ridiculous. He couldn't make that stuff up. I mean, where, where do we uh, begin? Although, <laughs> in some way, I, I do say, I, I did actually feel that made a little bit of sense at the time, but um, Christ, who knows? So uh, anyway, we'll talk about the next game last very brief, then we'll wrap this up and we'll get out of here and I can get to bed. I'm jet-lagged. Um... So Portugal next game uh, will obviously be there. Don't know if you'll be there, Nick. Part timer. Um, I'll be there supporting Portugal. <laughs> probably will. And, and if you are, I'm going to expose you and throw a bottle at your head. Um, so Portugal. Now, here's the thing, uh, Martin. You you brought up a very very interesting point before we, we came on air. Um, you said that the tickets go on sale on the 19th. Now I heard the same message uh, came over the uh i was going to say tanoi but Alan patrick says that's a brand name um so it came over the speakers but the government haven't cleared it yet have they it's supposed to be 23rd of october supposed to be freedom day in the republic um but that's looking a bit 50 50 now isn't it yeah so i believe but i mean i mean the fai have already contacted us and we've had like at risk london we've had so many people inquiring of us um i know the fai have had it as well because i've i've had an email from them saying look your orders as a club you need to get them into us quite quickly the announcement last night was yet to go on sale on the 19th so they're going to do a pre-sale for supporters clubs and sponsors and things like that they have to kind of allocate to um and i'd, I'd imagine the season ticket holders from from history i suppose um but yeah, it's, and, it, and now we're, we're, we're led to believe that it may be, um, you know, if they, that, that's on the basis that it's going to be a full capacity now, mm. which will be brilliant. And they will sell it out. And I, that's what I don't get with this rush for this. Um, I know they want to be organised, but even I, I would be, I'm not, I don't know why the FAI aren't putting this sale back um, because they will sell out this game um, with the feel good factor and everything. And it's Portugal coming. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if they perhaps wait to see um, what happens if the government have been a bit edgy on this. Because what's the point of trying to sell something that you may not be able to fulfil ultimately? Yeah, I, I found that mad actually. Obviously, yes, I was the first time back home for about two years. Like, first of all, the uh, having full shelves in the supermarkets was a bit strange, and also um, still having the whole social distancing going on over there, Nick. I'm a bit. Uh, it's a bit weird that was because we're we're back to normal over here, aren't, aren't we, Martin? Mm. We don't have anything on the shelves, but uh, <laughs> we don't have any petrol. But uh, you know, we can stand next to each other with confidence, I guess. Yeah, go on, Nick. Go yeah, on. come on, Nick. Go on. Come on. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm going over. I'm going over to to London next month or in a couple of weeks, lads. So um, I'm probably going to get the fright of my life, but. Um, yeah, when we're all hugging and when we're hugging and kissing you. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but look, it's well, the, the buildings. Well, the buildings will scare him. He'd be looking up, going, oh, "Jesus." <laughs> no, look, it's uh, yeah, no, it's gonna. It'd be interesting to see if that's gonna be a full capacity game. I don't, I don't think it is, to be honest. But there's gonna be a rice scramble for tickets, and I mean, a couple of forums and you know, people who you'd never kind of come across, you know, kind of saying, "Oh, uh, what's the story with tickets? I'm dying to see Ronaldo," and it's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Oh. You know, so that that kind of shite. 
Um, like I said, I like I'll joke about you know following Portugal because of course they're my my second allegiance and always my second. But yeah, it's it's that mentality as well. You you'd hope that the atmosphere is maintained by fans who've been there, fans who are behind Stephen Kenny, and not people just trying to catch one glimpse of Ronaldo in what will probably be the last time he plays in Dublin. So. Look, it'll be interesting. Once there's an atmosphere, I I don't mind. And I, th- I think I said the other night, sport is me- momentum, and we're taking momentum into that game. And, and Portugal will 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 be coming to us with the with the degree of respect after that game in Faro. So I can see us getting a result. I think if we get a result there, and we we get a result against Luxembourg or a victory against Luxembourg, then you have momentum going into the Nations League. So it's 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 all very exciting at the moment. Um, I think even if we lose the next two games, I, I think there will still be a bit of a buzz regardless because, as I said, these two games are, are somewhat of a preview and somewhat of a of a taster of what we can do under Stephen Kenny. And, you know, we, we've gone into the fact that, yeah, the opposition aren't your P- Portugal's or aren't your Serbia's, but it is the platform and it's hopefully the, the turning point. So the next two games will be about momentum. I mean, the, the, the first step, lads, wasn't it? It was, it was about scoring a goal because we hadn't scored in so long then it was getting a point and we got the point and then it was getting a victory and we've gotten two and we haven't conceded in two so it's step by step and regardless of the opposition you have to you have to start from somewhere you have that turning point has to come from somewhere and and hopefully it was uh, it, it was last night's game and, and Saturday's game well I'll tell you what if we get a full house if we do get a full house against Portugal, with the good feel good factor, I'd fancy um, a really special night with that atmosphere because that was only a taste of the atmosphere last night, wasn't it? Full house, everyone like watching, playing, trying to play football, getting behind the team, you know. And this squad is starting to become likable again, isn't it? I, I think that's that. That is something. Yeah, that is really special. And I think you know, even fair play, we must mention the the two hundred or or two or three hundred who went over to Baku. It was a hell of a journey that, but I mean, they did yeah, an absolutely. Brilliant one, <laughs> like Declan Finnegan just said there. Uh, he, you know, from West London, you know, he, he, he's just back and he's and he, he went over straight away and he's up I, again this I'm morning. I'm a delicate flower, Declan. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I need to have my 12 hour sleep, otherwise, I'm a wreck the next day. Okay, I need this, um, doesn't this, you know, happen automatically? Yeah, uh, they just did another bit of news as well for Luxembourg away, which is obviously on this Sunday. Um, the FAI are going over there to meet with them this week as well, uh, next week. Um, so then they'll they'll be able to advise what, obviously, they'll wait for the Luxembourg government to confirm what the arrangements are for that. And then there'll be, hopefully, in a way, uh, application process for that as well. So, yeah, um, I've seen the point as well someone made about the season tickets. I think the idea from the FAI at the moment, there won't be a season ticket this calendar year. Um, and... <laughs> um, this kind of year, there there won't be one. They are they will obviously wait for the draw for the Nations League, which is on the sixteenth of December, to see what games we have. The fixtures will be set on the seventeenth, and then we'll know next year what the what the playing calendar is because obviously the the World Cup is later on around Christmas, so games will be taking place in March, June, um, and September in the lead up to the World Cup. So they may well do a season ticket then. Um, which will be a calendar year season ticket. That's something that they've they're, they're looking at. But it's all it's all about obviously them working out. Thankfully now with the situation, we know when fixtures are a little bit more. Uh, it's a bit more organised now, so that's quite good uh, for fans as well. Because you know if you 
you, you kind of used to, oh, if we have a playoff this and when we're owed a game, it's very, very confusing and frustrating for people. I think the ticket, the physical ticket, ticket, if that makes sense, will be not happening anymore. You know, it will be on your phone. That's going to be something we all have to get used to as well, like going to concerts and stuff like that. So um, I think that kind of where I hadn't heard anyone really talk too much about that. Um, no, and that worked quite well in, in um, Baku as well. seemed to work well. It's probably everyone's kind of doing that now, aren't yeah. they? Um, we, John, we're going to leave it with this one here, lads, for Portugal. We will put him on the pressure. And it is on <laughs> 1CR7. And he scored, is, a yeah. he scored a hat-trick last night. Well, lads, we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, sorry for the late. It was just wasn't possible to to do a uh, um, a stream uh, last night. So, unfortunately, 24 hours later than expected. We'll hopefully get one straight after the game against Portugal and Luxembourg. Um, I won't be going to Luxembourg, sadly. Nick won't be going to Dublin because he's a lazy bastard. Um, but we'll be over there anyway. And, um, yeah, lads, as I said, as we've been talking about, very positive. Let's keep it going. Let's keep the positivity going. And um, hopefully four points in the next two games. And uh, kick on from there. We are looking, Nick. We're looking to do the Martin O'Neill, the, the, the final um, the final uh, chapter of the Martin O'Neill uh, saga. When, when do you think we're going to start doing that? Whenever you like, David. You're the boss. Oh, You're Jesus. the boss. There we go. Um, and a spoiler alert on that is I will tell the story of how I saved two Ireland fans from fighting Roy King. There you go. <laughs> and just actually, Paul has asked a question. Uh, cheers to the podcast, lads. It's brilliant. Great listening to um, here walking around Monabat. Looking forward to the upcoming tournament podcast. Any chance you could do the same for our playoffs? As in a playoff series, is it? Um, I mean... If it's yeah, because like the tournament, the next series, I suppose, is the tournament series, lads, isn't it? So, I don't know if it's a if it's a um, we'll do something, yeah, we'll, we'll do something. Have a moment I'm, I'm confused, I'm confused. Yeah, I'm give us nice. ideas, right. we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> we're jet lagged, we're jet lagged. Nick isn't, Nick's just woken up, but we're, we're jet lagged. Uh, we're feeling, we're feeling it. But listen, uh, thanks very much for coming on, lads. Thank you for watching and listening, putting up with us. Um, yep. We'll see you guys in November, and uh, come on, you boys in green. Oh, hold on, hold on, lads. Hold on. Oh. Con continuity alert. Have to put the video at the end. Here, here we go. Wait, wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Look at this silky professionalism here. Here we go. Right. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>